Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Hey, thanks to everybody who's joining us out there. We have a great show coming up today. We're going to be jumping in and talking about the big scandal involving oh, iPhone batteries. It's crazy. It this is. This is a big story. And a lot of suspicions confirmed. We actually talked about this whole phenomenon where people feel like their iPhones mm-hmm. have been degraded as they go on, right. more than just the normal wear and tear mm-hmm. that happens. And it is confirmed in part through what's been happening. Andrew's going to break it down for us coming up this week. Plus, we're going to be previewing the Consumer Electronics Show, CES. CES 2018. CES is the biggest tech show of the year and it's happening in just a few days. Absolutely. So Andrew's going to be on the scene there. We're going to have a team of GeekWire reporters there as well. And coming up on this week's show, we'll give you a sense for what to expect and also what we hope will happen. I've got some okay. some aspirations, what things I'd like the companies to announce at CES. All right. Also, later on in the show, an Echo Spot giveaway, your chance to win an Amazon Echo Spot. This is the bedside alarm clock style Echo that is very much similar to the Echo Show, just in a small form factor. And I'll also talk about some of my experiences using it. Okay. All right. So all that coming up this week on Geared Up. Let's jump in first, though, and let you know that to subscribe to Geared Up, you can go to geekwire.com slash geared up or youtube.com slash gear live. You can subscribe in Apple, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, basically anywhere you get All your podcasts. And uh, as we said, it's going to be important to subscribe to be able to participate in the giveaway that we're doing yes. later on in the show. Okay, enough with the formalities, Andrew. No, it's All right. time. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Battery gate. Can you explain to somebody who was on vacation for the last two weeks uh-huh. what the heck happened with the iPhone battery issues? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty it's not a, a very easy cut and dry thing. And uh, from what I've been seeing, a lot of people have been taking multiple issues because this is a multiple issue uh, issue and combining it all into one thing. So what's happening is someone on Reddit did some benchmarking to figure out does Apple end up slowing down your phone after a certain amount of time and the answer was based on their findings and benchmarking was yes there was a point where Apple will start slowing down your iPhone not your iPad not your Mac just iPhones in particular and it particularly showed up with the iPhone 6 yes yes although it does apply to other ones as well and so what was happening is actually something I was experiencing myself with my, uh, I think it was my 6S. And this happens to, this is just science. Batteries are made to provide the power to do what you're asking your device to do. And it's not so much, even though we're used to seeing a battery percentage, like I have 100% battery or 80 or 75, and it's just as you do things, your battery just depletes. It's not really, that's like a really dumbed down version of what's happening. If you take a picture and use a flash, the battery needs to provide a burst of power for the flash to come through versus if you take a picture without the flash. So it's not just draining faster, but it actually has to output more power to do that. And so over time, as you use your device, your battery may still have battery life, but it doesn't have the power to do specific things. And what will happen is it'll just shut down. So on my iPhone 6S a couple of years ago, I would have 35% battery life and do something. And all of a sudden, my phone turn just turns yes, off. Yes, yes, absolutely. I've experienced this as well. And the worst part about when that happens is, at least what I found was, it wouldn't turn back on until I plugged it in. So it acted as if 
the battery was completely dead, even though it was not. So what was discovered is that Apple pushed out an update, yes. an iOS update, that degraded the performance of these older phones for the purpose, Apple says, yep. of accommodating a battery that was not as strong as it was when the device was new. So you Correct. would be able to avoid those shutdowns. Right. So the, you have two options. And this, again, this isn't just an Apple issue. It's any any manufacturer that makes a smartphone with a lithium-ion battery inside of it, which is all of them. The two options are, when your battery gets degraded to that point, do you A, not do anything, let the f- device perform as it always performed on day one, and shut down when the battery can't provide the power, or B, do you say, okay, when it gets to this point where the battery is degraded, we will start basically dialing down different things to allow the device to have longer life. So Apple decided instead of doing the first one, we're going to do the second one. And my, I assume it's because most people, you know, with your laptop, Apple says, even when your battery degrades, we're going to let you just have full capacity power and your laptop's just going to die faster. So you're going to need a charger. But I think when it's your phone and you're on the go, your expectation is, or your hope is, you want your phone to last, you know, eight hours versus lasting three hours and then shutting off. But those three hours, you had full capacity of usage. I think that was the decision they had to choose between, and they went with longer battery life. So there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. And yes. there, there have been conspiracy theories all along that Apple was degrading the performance, hurting battery life of these devices when it was time, they thought, for people to upgrade right. to new phones. Right. You're saying that, wait a second, maybe what they're doing here is making it better to use that device longer. Do you, Which side of this do you fall fall on? I see, I honestly see both sides. I see the side where you say, I bought, you know, Apple does their big keynote, and one of the parts of their keynote is, here's our new A11 chip, and here's how fast it is, and here's all the things this chip can do. And they say nothing about, but, you know, a year and a half from now, when your battery's degraded, this chip will only perform at, you know, 75% or half of the capacity, as we're telling you about today. So there's that one argument where it says, you told me I was buying this. I bought this with the expectation that this is what I was getting. But now I'm getting a much less, you know, a subpar experience. That's number one. The other is, when it's me, I would much prefer my phone to be on. For as long as possible. I don't want my, I, I hated my 6S just shutting down. Yep. I did not like that. And I would have much preferred if it would just not perform as fast, but stay on. And so people are thinking Apple is slowing down the phone, but that's not really what was happening because tests have shown it's not just a slow, they slowed on the processor, but they were also doing things like not letting the speakers go higher than a certain volume okay. and dimming the screen a little bit, not letting the screen go to 100%, maybe like 93% brightness. And so it wasn't just about throttling the processor. Really, all those things, when you look at them, is about not making the battery have to draw more power than it can. Um, And then what was found was if you replace the battery in these devices that are suffering from this, the performance goes back to day one. Hmm. And so... So Apple has come out with a battery replacement program, a discount to an existing battery replacement program. If it's out of warranty, it used to cost $79 to replace the battery in the iPhone 6. Now they're doing it for $29, so $50 less. Why didn't they just give it away? Well, that's the problem. Well, no, first of all, um, that's one thing people are saying. They're saying, okay... You started slowing down my phone, yeah. 
and now you're trying to get 29 bucks, 29 out, of me. bucks out of me. What the hell's going on yeah. here? Um, and that's where I said people are taking all these different issues and stuffing them into one thing. So issue number one is this is how batteries work. Apple could have gone A or B. They chose B. And issue they number could have been transparent about that right, choice that's, that's to begin the third with. Issue. That would have that would have solved issue. it. Yeah. The second issue is the battery replacement and the cost of it. And the third issue, and this is what I think is the main point that everybody is kind of not seeing. It's not about what they did, and it's not about the cost of the battery. The problem is none of this was communicated to the buyer. That's the problem. The problem is you didn't tell me, hey, your phone, me, my iPhone 6S was shutting down. Here's what we're doing to fix that. Here's how we're mitigating that problem so you don't encounter that anymore. Here's a toggle to where you can say, yes, I want this or no, I don't. All of that stuff never got communicated, and that is the problem. You didn't tell us what you were doing. Now, regardless of that, if I buy a car and the tires go bad and they're out of warranty, I don't get mad that I have to pay to replace my tires. The battery issue is not that they didn't give you a bad battery. They gave you a good battery that has now degraded in performance and is now out of warranty. And now you can get your full performance of your phone back by paying for a new battery. To me, that's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't expect out-of-warranty components to be replaced for free. Let me ask you this. So the iPhone 6S was released in September of, ni- of 2015. The 6S. 6S, yeah. Would you expect somebody to be able to continue using that phone in essentially the same state as when it was released uh, two years later? No, I don't. But what I do expect is hopefully, transparency. If I can use that phone today simply by replacing the battery and getting day one performance, I may have chosen that option versus buying a new phone. Yeah. Here's why that's important. You said it was happening to you, right? Yes, absolutely. I remember this happening. Okay. The, the shutdown. The shutdown. Yes. When the shutdown happened, in your mind, what did you think was the problem? Do you think there was a problem? What if there I, was? I a- was uh, clearly something is wrong with my phone. Clearly, you, clearly, there's a bug in my phone that is causing it to shut down when I only have 35 percent battery life left. Did you have a, an inkling of what part of the phone could have the problem? No, I had no idea. Okay. I just, I just sat there thinking. Obviously, my phone is crapping out on me here, and I, gosh, if this keeps happening, maybe I need to upgrade. That's what went through okay. my mind. So here, so that's where I look at people saying that maybe Apple's motivation, and you know they have deep insight into the data. Of you course, know? they know when people upgrade, yes. why they upgrade. They know what their phones were doing. I mean, they can connect all these dots. Oh, yes, sure. absolutely. And so, my, so yeah, I, I, to me, that it's like wow, and and they didn't fess up to this until they were essentially caught. Right. That's where I, I recognize what you're saying. I understand the decision that they made. I understand that explanation for the decision that they made, that they were essentially extending the life of these phones. But in reality, I think they probably caused more upgrades, more people dumping those phones based on the behavior that I experienced. Yeah. So I, this is the reason I asked you that question was because my assumption is if you have an iPhone that shuts down, at 30% or somewhere around there, you might say to yourself, wow, there's something wrong with my battery. Yeah. But if you have an iPhone that's just not performing as well, not shutting down, but it's just 
a little slower and sluggish. You might not even notice. Then what you're saying, well, you might notice, and then you're going to say, okay. oh, I need to get a new phone. All right. I, so maybe my logic so, isn't following there. So in, they, in, the, in the scenario where they don't push this upgrade to, to, to basically degrade the performance, perhaps perhaps then they're- You might say, oh, I need to get a battery. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But with, yeah. with them extending the life okay. of the phone, then you don't realize it's a battery issue. You just right. think, ah- oh, it's a new iOS. The phone is old. I need a new phone. And now they're driving upgrades. And I can see why people would think, oh, now you've slowed down my phone so that I have to go buy a new one. I do have an iPhone SE that I was using the other day, which was released almost two years ago. I rarely use that phone because I use the main flagship. And that phone has not been slowed down at all. The battery is still fine. It works just as fast as it did two years ago. So it's not that your phone hits a certain age and then they just slow it down. It's that the battery hits a certain performance level. Okay. So and I've confirmed that by using a two-year-old phone that still works got it. very so fast. Andrew has brought some clarity to this issue, and thank you for helping me understand it as well. So basically, Apple pushed out this update. They chose to slow down the performance yeah. because of the natural degradation of batteries over yeah. time. And the whole idea was they wanted to avoid these shutdowns so that you could keep using your phone longer. Yeah. And I understand that now. The, the big issue, though, here is I think Apple's reputation has taken a hit in mm -hmm. the process of this. I think it is a nuanced technical topic. Yeah. I just had to have you explain it and, and refine my understanding of it. What do you think the average person out there is going to walk away thinking about Apple? I honestly think the average person doesn't even know this is yeah. going on. That's number one. Number two... Last year, Samsung had the huge yeah. battery issue, right? Well, I guess it would be two years ago now. We're in 2018. With the Note 7. So Apple not pushing the battery to do things that it can no longer do is probably a smart move when you look at what was going on with oh, batteries at the time, it, the, right? Then it wasn't going to explode. Right. But again, the problem is tell people yeah. that this is what you're doing. That is the issue. The issue is lack of of communication about what's going on with the device. So if you're somebody with that iPhone 6S that yeah. you bought two years ago, you know, mm -hmm. you're still getting some use out of it, and maybe you've noticed the degradation in performance, would you take advantage of the $25 battery upgrade, or would you just- 29 bucks. Tw $29. $29. Yeah. The one caveat here is that just because your phone is slow doesn't mean it's the battery issue. That's the other thing. There are other things that can happen with a phone that make it slow where your battery is still fine, so take it in, they'll run diagnostics on it, they'll tell you if it, your battery has degraded or not. If it has, $29, you get the battery swapped out, and you will have your performance back, and that's much less money than buying, you know, an $800, $600, whatever it is, smartphone. I never thought I would hear you advocate for keeping a two-year-old phone. Not everybody can spend $1,000 every year on a smartphone, not everybody wants to. Some people are happy with what they and, have. And people shouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly. If you're happy with what you have and $29 will give it back its its life, go with that. Good breakdown of the iPhone battery gate issue. We will be right back with a preview of the Consumer Electronics Show, CES yes. 2018. You're listening to Geared Up. All right, it is time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Okay, so Andrew, as you know, National Car is the sponsor of Geared I Up. I do know this. Absolutely. Big you shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. This is also National Car Story of the Week. CES is upon us, the largest consumer electronics conference trade show in the United States. I don't think it's in the world, though. I think there's one in Germany, 
That might be a little bigger. I don't know if it's C. I don't think it's CBIT. There's another one, though. I think it's a little bigger. But here in the United States, CES is it. So you're headed to Las Vegas next week, Andrew. I'm headed to Las Vegas in three days. Three days? Whoa. Yes. This week you're headed to Las Vegas. This week, in three days, headed to Las Vegas to get started. I will actually be with National Car Rental live streaming from the show floor of CES, finding all the cool stuff to uh, bring people. So if you want to see what's happening as it happens, you can tune in. Where do, they, um, where do people tune in? Is I'll that... have more information on the links okay. and everything because it's live stream. I don't know the live stream right. links yet, but I will be live on the show floor with National Car Rental bringing you the latest from CES next week. But yeah, it's it's going to be huge. And so CES is where basically every company except Apple go. Well, actually, Microsoft pulled out a couple of years ago. Microsoft no longer has a booth, at least as of last right. year. They no longer have a booth on the show floor, but they do have something of a presence there. Okay. They've got kind of a behind-the-scenes, super-secret lounge you can go oh. to. Did you know this? Oh, no, you're going to get me in? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Sat- yeah. Your boys with Satya, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, we can see if we can hook you up with uh, the, the lounge. No, but they, they mostly view CES through the lens of their partners, so okay. the computer makers right. who make the devices and, and that Even sort Even though of they thing. make devices themselves. Yeah. All right. So, Andrew, one of the big things that you pay attention to at CES every year is the televisions. And really, that's kind of the the marquee flagship product at CES. If, if you talk about one thing coming out of CES, it's like, right. hey, what are the cool new TVs? And this is really where we've seen a lot of trends catch on, things float that don't really come to come to fruition, like 3D TV, for example. Uh, but 4K TVs were really the big sh- story last year, the right. 4K uh, high dynamic range. HDR especially. Yeah. Ex- exactly. This year, I saw, you, we were talking about what to talk about on this segment, and 8K? 8K. 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 That sounds, I mean, okay, so explain 8K to me. I don't know what there is to say. 8K is twice 4K, so 4K is four times 1080p, and now 8K is basically twice. Yes. I think it's twice. <laughs> I'm not positive. Um, well, well, it sounds like you're going to learn about it. It's I don't CS. know if, if 8K is if you split the TV into four quadrants, each quadrant is 4K, or if each quadrant is 2K. So you're talking about the resolution here. Yeah, resolution. But this, what we're looking at here, an 8K LG OLED that is roughly 88 inches. Yep. Which is, I mean... This is insane. I want this. <laughs> you want number this. one, I want this, but number two, do you know how much this thing's going to cost? So, I don't know, but... Th- they haven't said yet. No. They have a 77-inch OLED. That uh, is a 4K. That's 4K. Yes. That they actually sent to my house, um, which will be featured. I'm doing a big home theater, like the ultimate home theater setup video, and they sent me this TV to be a part of this. This TV retails for $20,000. <laughs> and it's in your house. It's in my house. I hope now, you have a good home security Now, what happens is, I do. What happens, though, is TVs have a retail price, but these retail prices drop very quickly. Yeah. So the same TV that's $20,000, you can actually find for roughly nine, believe it or not. But 9, still, 000, yeah. yeah, but still a lot of money. Now here's the thing though, that is a 77 inch 4K. This is an 88 inch 8K. This, this if they sell this, this is gonna be an over $100,000 TV. Wow. So don't get too excited when you, some things at CES is like, don't get too excited that you're gonna be able to just put this in your home because you're gonna be, prohibitively expensive. That said, you you are going to get your first glimpse at an 8K TV at CES. You're also going to see lower-priced 4K TVs. 
Yes. Okay, so that's one of the big trends yes. coming up at CES. Trend number two, autonomous driving. Uh, this is a, a big push for a lot of automakers. Absolutely. And I think we've seen it kind of creep into our lives just a little bit in terms of new automated and automatic features for the cars that we drive every day, like yep. the ability to, to park themselves mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, and, and lane warnings and that sort of thing. There is a whole section at CES where you get to go over and if, I guess if you have appointments, try out various autonomous vehicles. This was a concept car uh, from Toyota last year. This looks ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, the concept vehicles. But what's one thing that's interesting is usually in the past you would see new concept vehicles unveiled at the North American Auto Show in mm -hmm. Detroit, which comes after yes. CES. Now you're really seeing CES steal a bit of the thunder Absolutely. from the automakers' big unveilings at their own show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's because a lot of these features, cars are basically becoming gadgets. Right. They're just becoming large gadgets. And so, you know, the auto shows are really there for the auto journalists. Yep. And the tech journalists don't necessarily go to the auto show. Right. And so if you want the tech journalists to see this you know these new technology advances you have to bring that stuff to CES and that's what's happening autonomous driving to me is very very interesting i actually think within the next i don't know how long it's going to take but 15 to 20 years there's going to be a point in time where driving your own vehicle is going to be illegal <laughs> it's going to be you have only cars can drive themselves because it's going to be so much safer cars are going to communicate with each other they're going to see the road and accidents are going. I mean, compared to today, where distracted driving, texting, even if you're even if you're the best driver in the world, a drunk driver can just come in and, and just take you out anyway. Now your car, like there have been videos already of Teslas. You know, they're not breaking the law. They're just driving perfectly fine, and a car just goes through a red light or whatever. And the Tesla will get out of the way and avoid an accident where you wouldn't have seen them coming. So if all cars were doing this. Driving or, you know, being in a car going somewhere would be a lot safer. And, you know, I see a point where they say cars are just going to do the driving for you. You know, I'm headed to Pittsburgh in February. I don't know if you know about this, Andrew. And that is really a center of self-driving cars based on a lot of the robotics work coming out of Carnegie Mellon University. Uber's doing their self-driving car testing there. A lot of this stuff is actually getting out into the wild. It's not going to be 15 years. Obviously, 15 years is when it could be mandatory right, is what you're right, saying. Yes. But I mean, this is something that people are experiencing in everyday life now, not only through features of things like Teslas, mm -hmm. but also just in, in real, real the real world in terms of Uber in, in Pittsburgh, for Absolutely. example. Absolutely. Okay, so that is trend number two, uh, autonomous driving. Yes. And this is one that I'm really excited about. Over-the-air wireless charging of devices. This has been a promise. That seems like magic. Of several companies for a number of years. I think you're finally going to see this start to come into the mainstream at CES this year. There are a few companies. This is the year? This is this is the year. Before you name the companies, <laughs> yes. what you're saying is you have your smartphone. Yes. Where's my smartphone? You have your smartphone, you walk into a room yes. or you just you're just near something. You come within range and of, your phone, of a device of a of a charging wireless charging yes. device. And your phone just starts charging. Yes. So when today when we say wireless charging, what we're saying is you place your phone on a charging base without plugging it in and it charges. This type of wireless charging is more of an environmental thing where you get near something and your phone just starts charging. That 
It's crazy. It's over the air. It works much like Wi-Fi in, in concept, at yeah. least. The issue is that all of these companies, which we can talk about here, they need to get small chips embedded in the devices themselves to be able to receive that wireless energy beam, essentially. Okay. And so there's a little bit of an arms race. It reminds me a little bit of you know Blu-ray versus HD DVD back in the day okay. where all these companies are trying to get all the device makers at CES on board with their platform, with their format. Okay. And there's a few of them. One of them is actually based here in, in Bellevue, Washington, where we are uh, just across the, the lake, Ossia. They have their Coda wireless charging okay. technology. Energis uh, with their Up. <laughs> technology what up and then powercast -T -T. powercast uh, Come on. is is another venture that uh, is actually out of pittsburgh as well and uh, so that is uh, essentially uh, those are a few of the players but i think this is one of the years this will be the year when people start to pay much more attention to the potential of this over the air wireless charging i would love that i mean that that to me just eliminates so much of the yep. anxiety people have with their phones. Like if you can just, whether it's Starbucks or even in your home office or whatever, just be charging all the time. Right. And there's a few different nuances to this. Some of the companies allow you to do settings where you say, okay, uh, charge this device at this time of day. So it's not mm. just automatic when you walk into range. And so it's, it's a smart and nuanced yeah. approach where and it also shuts off. It doesn't keep sending power when it's at full charge. So mm -hmm. lots of interesting stuff happening. I, I think this could be maybe, I don't know, five years before it's everyday use, right, where it's sure. just assumed that you walk into the office and your phone charges yeah, up or you walk into the living room. Okay, last year at CES, the big story for us at GeekWire was the explosion of Alexa capabilities in a wide variety yeah. of devices. Amazon seemed like, Every other announcement coming out of CES earlier this year in 27, or actually earlier last year in 2017, was about that. This year, my prediction is that it's going to be much more about Amazon's competition with Google and Apple, with Google Home and Google Assistant and Apple and HomeKit. Okay. I think you're going to see many more announcements from a variety of these companies. I think the Dark Horse, the sort of wild card here is Microsoft. Can they can they get Cortana out <laughs> no. there? Because they're at risk of being the fourth place person here. You know, as you I talk about, yeah. I so, <laughs> but at any rate, I think to me the nuance and the the interesting development here is going to be Amazon facing new competition in terms of trying to get Alexa into devices. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know if it's so much competition. Um, what I've seen lately is the trend is. You know, these are all just very simple platforms, you know, writing an Alexa app or a Google Home app or whatever. So a lot of these companies are throwing everything in. So they release a new thermostat and they say, hey, you can control it with Google or Alexa or HomeKit, whatever you want to do. And that's a smart way to do it because you don't want to – if you just say we only work with Google and I already have a bunch of Alexa devices, that just means I'm not going to buy your product because I'm not going to start over. So – I think we're going to see a lot of products announced that work almost, you know, whatever you have at home, we work with it. And and actually, here's one of them. And this is something I wanted to talk to you about, Andrew. This is a new Honeywell device. It's a home security device that they're going to be coming out with. This is my big want. This. My, my big, this whole theme. So 
you know, I've been using the the Amazon Cloud Cam at okay. home, and it feels like the first step in a larger ecosystem from Amazon. I want a simple home security system that connects natively to Alexa or Google Home that essentially allows you just to have small sensors on your doors. Yep. And there are some there are some beginnings of this out there. There's some early products. But I've been doing a lot of research, and it feels like there's an open door for somebody, whether it's Honeywell or somebody else, to come out with a really breakthrough home security system that works seamlessly and in a smart way with these devices, with Alexa and Google Home. What about Nest Secure? So tell me how that works. I was going to ask for your advice on this. Okay. Nest Secure is available now to purchase. This was uh, back when they did that that Nest Home announcement a few weeks or maybe like two months ago. It's out now, and it does exactly what you're saying. It has sensors you can buy. Um, it has a little Nest Hub, and it has keychain sensors. You can also use your smartphone. It works okay. with Google Assistant. Does Any, it work with Alexa? I'm not positive, okay. but obviously it's a Google product, so it works with Google Assistant, yeah. Google Home, et cetera. Um, it works with Nest cameras. So any the whole Nest ecosystem works together. They're very smart with what they do because most home security systems, when you want to set it, let's say you want to set it and you want to leave the house, you set it and it's, it's like beeping at you and it's like you have like two minutes and it sounds like Armageddon is basically going down until you get out the door. With Nest, it's like you have three minutes to leave the house and then you have two and a half minutes. Like it just talks to you normally. It has key codes you can use, or you can just use your smartphone, or you can. So it's it's very smart, and you can also temporarily disable a sensor just by walking up to the sensor and pressing the little Nest button. So you can open your window or open the back door if you need to. Then when you close it, it re reengages again. Um, that's available now, and they did a very good job uh, with it. So I'm going to check that out. Yeah, and if you have Nest cameras, then you turn on the alarm system. Your Nest cameras are now security cameras so when they see something it'll say hey do we need to sound the alarm and then you can also buy a professional service to monitor your stuff so you can just set it up yourself and you know manage it from your phone and see what's going on or you can have a professional service also get alerts when something's going down so that the police show up and all that like a more traditional service so but yes they're the only one right now so and and it's Primarily, if not exclusively, working with Absolutely. Google Home right. and Google Assistant. Okay. All right. Last big trend that I'm going to be watching, especially, uh, is augmented reality. It feels mm. like virtual reality has, has really been a big focus at CES in recent yeah. years. And now you've got augmented reality, whether it's through the goggles or through your smartphone and, yes. and things like AR kit from Apple. Well, how do you feel about it today? Uh, you know, I think that... The, have you been using it a lot with your new iPhone? I have not. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. So I think there is a, the door is open to have the, the killer app. And some might argue that it was Pokemon Go mm-hmm. uh, in terms of bringing augmented reality in, into the mainstream. But I think there's still an opportunity for somebody to come out and say, hey, this AR technology is how you're actually going to use it every single day, whether you're a Pokemon fan or right. not. Right, right. So, all right. That is a quick preview of CES. And Andrew is going to be there next week. I will be there. And we're going to call, you're going to call in for a special episode. I'll call in. We'll do an episode of Geared Up with some CES news. And again, I'll also be uh, on the show floor live streaming with National Car Rental as well. All right. We will be right back after a break. You're listening to Geared Up. Coming up, it is our special Echo Spot giveaway. Yes. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. All right, we are going to dive in now with a little bit of a hands-on with a product that you and I were both pretty excited about Yes. when we went to the Amazon Echo unveiling mm-hmm. this past fall. Right, now you've been using this. This is the Echo Spot. So for people who are 
having a hard time keeping track of all the Amazon Echo names. Even we do. Even we do. I do, especially. The Echo Show was the first touchscreen Amazon Echo. Right. This now is the second one. It looks like a bedside alarm clock. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially how a lot of people are using it. The default face on it, it's a small circle, and uh, the default face is a clock. I've been using this uh, next to my desk for about the past two weeks. I actually got it before Christmas, by the way. Oh, you did? <laughs> yes. Wow. Remember that whole thing about yeah. whether people... I, I ordered it that one week, and, and they didn't. They said it wouldn't be here until early January, and I okay. got it about two days before okay. Christmas. So, Good job, Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and by the way, if you're listening, we do have an Echo Spot to give away. Mm -hmm. So as you're listening to this segment, be sure to go to geekwire.com slash geared up and look for this episode. We will have a module in there where you can sign up for the giveaway for your chance to win an Amazon Echo Spot. Right. You just have to be subscribed to the show. That's right. Let just us know you subscribed. Make sure you subscribe to Geared Up in particular. You can subscribe to Geared Up on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, basically anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. So my experience so far with the Echo Spot has been overall positive. Okay. Now, keep in mind, I have the Echo show yes. as context and the echo spot is about a hundred dollars less mm -hmm. than the echo show so you're saving quite a bit of money if you go basically for the the smaller version right but is it something where if you spend a hundred dollars more you get so much more features though well the the larger screen is a lot nicer and that is basically my biggest complaint about the echo spot so far um I've tried to do video conferencing calls, mm -hmm. like, and I, I should say my ulterior motive in using all these things, I got Echo Shows for my in-laws and my right. parents to be able to do very quick and easy video calls. Right. And it's been great. My 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 plan has worked. Like, you it's just sit working. there on the table with the Echo Show and I say, hey, you know, call mom or, yeah. you know, call call my wife's mom and it, works. it picks up. It's been great. So, but with this, with the Echo Spot, with the smaller screen, and also something about the connectivity on this, or maybe the processing power, mm -hmm. there is a big lag oh. oftentimes when I'm on the Echo Spot wow. on the video conference. So my mom or dad will talk, I'll see their, their lips move, and then a second or two later, I'll actually hear the words. Oh. And that causes, as you know from bad Skype calls, mm -hmm. it causes all sorts of problems, like you're talking over each other. Oh, no, wait, you yeah, go, yeah, oh, go, yeah. go ahead. And it's... I don't know what's going on with the Echo Spot. I've tested different sections of my home in terms of the Wi-Fi connectivity. Yeah. I don't have that problem with the Echo Show. Okay. That is my one big criticism of the Spot is it seems like it needs more power to be able to do the video conferencing part of it. Everything else is exactly like the show. And everything else is it means what? It, everything what else, else means, so for example, uh, it shows me examples of what I can do. It shows song lyrics it shows essentially basically anything you would want to do with an echo except on screen it's just a solid experience i really like the fact that it defaults to a sort of an analog clock mm -hmm. face it's it's nice to have that there where you've been using this though like you, a lot of people keep saying it's like a bedside yeah. clock but i wouldn't use this as my bedside clock i'd use this on like my office desk that's exactly where i've been using it so office Office desk accessory. That said, I can see where it would be really cool to have by your bed, in particular because Amazon now has the feature where you can wake up to whatever music you want it to play. Mm. So that that to me and my wife has been saying, hey, maybe we could maybe I could get one of these up, you know, on her nightstand. Uh -huh. So that is something that I think a lot of people will use it for, but it is also just as good on uh 
on a desk. Right, right. So this is a device your wife will allow in the house. Yes. Unlike Amazon's, was it Cloud Key? Cloud Cam. And cloud. The, the Amazon Key and the Cloud Cam. Amazon Key. So the Amazon Key being the service that automatically gives Amazon access to your door for delivery. Right, so, yes. So the Echo, Echo Spot is... $130. And so that's a hundred dollars less than the echo show, which is $230. Here's my bottom line on yeah. this. Which is the better deal of those two devices? That's tough. That's it, the question. Here's the thing. If it's your first echo, you really should get an echo show. If you're going for $230, $230, either get, either get the, what have I been calling this? You've been calling it you echo spot, which is not right. What is it called? <laughs> It's that spot. It's that spot right here. Oh yeah. What's See, this is the okay. problem. This is the problem. Why? Why he is thought... this? Like... Yeah, I'm thinking of the Echo Dot. See, the problem with the Echo devices is they the try to make them rhyme. Similar. The names are too similar. And there's and they they're totally different. So yes, you've been calling so, this the Echo Spot, which is the name, so, and this is what we're giving away. So here's yes. <laughs> so here's the deal. If this is your first Echo device, I think you either need to go to the low end with the Echo Dot. Yes. Which is the small device that is really no display. No display. Or the high end with the Echo Show, the okay. 230. If it's a second touchscreen Echo device, you've mm-hmm. already got the Echo Show. I think the Echo Spot is actually a really good choice. And and that's this is though for this is for people who are really into the Amazon and Alexa sure. ecosystem. I, I don't think this is your first Echo device. No, no, I agree with you. This is yeah, this is a secondary device. All right. Now that we've got that all cleared up, yes. If you want to enter the contest to win a new Echo Spot, not the one I've been using. No, a brand new. Uh, you one. can't have that one. So this one is what he's been using. This is a sealed version right here. This is what you're going to walk away with. That's right. Just go to geekwire.com/slash/geared-up. Look for the podcast post for this episode, and in there you will find an entry form to sign up for the giveaway. One person will be chosen at random. You have to be subscribed to the Geared Up podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player right. to be eligible to place. win. You don't have to subscribe everywhere. <laughs> that's right, Just that's in right. one, one. Just in one place. I'm glad you're keeping me honest this week, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my quick hands-on with the Echo Spot. Yes. All right. Anything else for you this weekend? That's it. No. CES okay. is upon us. It's a slow news week because there was the holidays and then everybody's keeping everything under wraps until CES. So later this week and early next week, it's all going to go down. Absolutely. All right. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. You're listening to Geared Up. Thanks for listening to Geared Up, the weekly tech and gadget podcast. Check out more of Andrew's reviews at youtube.com slash gear live and follow all of our coverage at geekwire.com.